ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and everything in between, welcome to the Kevin Clifton Show. Uh, now, we've had a pretty amazing response to last week's podcast. Obviously, we had Ali Gordon Creed on to talk, um, well, to talk about a lot of things, really, about how we're, we're coping in lockdown with, uh, you know, with our, our mental health, I guess, but also in terms of our identity and, and how we can cope with our identity being wrapped up in our work and, and what we do and, and ways to navigate that and sort of what to do with ourselves in, in lockdown. And one of the big things that came out of it was just making a decision every day about the next day. How am I going to feed my soul tomorrow and getting in touch with those things that we're, that we're really into and how we can feed our soul. And we've had an incredible response um, to last week's podcast that just make me feel like these podcasts are really, these discussions we're having on the podcast are really worthwhile having. Um, as, as I said last week, sometimes when you're doing, uh, you're talking, doing an interview on the radio or on TV or for a newspaper or magazine, sometimes um, you feel like you have to get your point in quickly because there's, there's a limited amount of time or space to actually talk about what you want to talk about. And, and that conversation developed out of being on BBC uh, Radio 5 Live, where we started to touch on these subjects, but we didn't quite have enough time to sort of develop further into them. So that's why I love podcasts so much is that we can have a little bit of time to properly discuss these things and talk about these things thoroughly without feeling like we're up against time or that we have to get our points in quickly in sort of um, bite-sized form um, or bullet points. And the, the conversation we had was amazing and and i want to thank ali gordon creed for coming on to the podcast so i thought off the back of that i thought these these conversations are really really worth having um in in long form podcasts and so i've invited someone onto the podcast this week who i met in clubhouse and i keep talking about the clubhouse app it's the the, the new social media app where there's a lot of discussion taking place and um it was sort of off the back of it, we're a year on um, this this last week from um, a friend of mine, Caroline Flack, passing away, and there's a lot of discussion around around that subject, and a lot of discussion about social media and media in general, and and the role that it plays um, in in our culture at the moment, and our attitudes towards it, and our relationship with it. And um, I wanted to invite someone on the podcast, someone who knew. Caroline and who off the back of, of, of what happened has set up social media kindness day and we had some great discussions on clubhouse and she actually set up an amazing clubhouse room this week where we were talking about and, and sort of remembering Caroline for, for how wonderful she was and and talking about social media in, in different ways and our what's right with it what's wrong with it and so I thought it would be worth bringing her onto the podcast to uh, talk about all these things because she talks about it really well and she's very lovely. So um, I'd like to invite on, welcome to the show, Maya Riaz. Thank you, Kevin. It's a pleasure being on here with you. Um, and we were just discussing off air before we came on, it is Maya Riaz, not Maya. <laughs> like everyone on Clubhouse has been calling her Maya Riaz. And I was like, I think it's definitely Maya, but it is definitely Maya Riaz, right? It's the way it's spelled, you're right, Kevin. Thank you. <laughs> um, so your um, job for a while was a lot in, in PR, right? And in, in sort of you worked a lot with celebrities and, and managing their PR, managing them. That's, that's what you do. 
Yeah, I still do it. And I'm a celebrity manager and the clients dubbed me PR to the stars. And that's quite a glamorous title and more glamorous than what I actually do do. <laughs> As you know, it's not always uh, red carpet events and jet setting. Um, and as we'll probably discuss, there's a darker side to the industry and uh, what the talent have to put up or celebrities as your listeners will be uh, referring to them. Mm. So is, is that how you, that's obviously how you came to know Caroline? Too. Yeah, I met her at Pride of Britain about yeah. eight years ago. Mm. Um, and, you know, we both know Caroline, she's the epitome of kindness mm. um, I remember would be at events and she would uh, if she saw someone on their own she'd invite them into the circle very inclusive mm-hmm. um, and wouldn't uh, let everyone uh, be on their own and she was this energy and this ball of light and laughter and just so full of life that it was important for me to do what I could um, to honour her memory and to have a legacy live on mm. way after she clearly has. Mm. I mean, obviously I met her on Strictly Come Dancing, um, which she won in, in 2014. Um, you, know, you, you were mentioning on Clubhouse the, the Angels routine that she did in the final, her and Pasha, which, which was just sort of mind blowing. You know, like it, was, it was such a beautiful dance. And um, yeah, she, her, her and Pasha won Strictly. And since then, I think a lot of the Strictly crowd, you know, a lot of the pros and people that work on the show um, have all been friends with her. Like she she was friends with everybody really um, involved in Strictly. I'm sure that's how it was sort of everywhere. everywhere. And genuinely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, not these showbiz uh, (laughs) friendships that happen, but genuinely cared. And she really cared about people. And it's lovely to see those of um, who know who knew Caroline talk about her in that way mm. yeah um, so uh, off the back of this you've set up social media kindness day so let's let's talk about social media and how how do you see social media in general what's your relationship with it or the way it's been going I see it as a necessary evil Um, I too was on uh, Five Live this week talking on the back of um, Britney Spears' Mm -hmm. documentary and how women in particular are treated in the media, sort of Meghan Markle and Caroline uh, was treated in the media. It's sort of, um, you need it in the industry because uh, people I look after uh, when they're going for jobs, one of the things they look at is your social media following. And that's basically, are you going to promote the show? Are you going to promote the campaigns they're involved with? So that's an important element of it. But the darker side in terms of uh, the trolling, the bullying, the harassment, uh, including things that are illegal, Mm. are the things that I hear about usually sort of early hours of the morning when Mm. it really gets to uh, the celebrity and that's a darker side. So although you need it and you grow your social media mm. with growth or with any sort of profile, Kevin, comes mm. that alternative side. And I don't think it's as spoken about before Caroline 
as it is becoming now. And my role is really to encourage those conversations to happen. And just as mental health, it's being normalized more so in the media with ITV having their It's Good to Talk campaigns. We need to do that about what's happening in the DMs and in the comments sections of social media. Yeah, I, I sort of see uh, Twitter, uh, uh, Twitter, I suppose, in particular at the moment can get quite nasty. Um, Stacey's actually come off Twitter. Um, she, she just, she got to the point where she was saying I, the, the negatives far outweigh the positives with Twitter. You know, she has a, a good Instagram following and, you know, she, she's sort of active on, on social media, but she said Twitter in particular, she doesn't use it that much in terms of promoting things mm. and, and, it's just whenever you put anything on Twitter, there seems to be this just sort of abuse that you can't get away from. And, and I've sort of been looking at Twitter lately. It's almost like it's, it's almost like a video game for people where you're like this avatar, you know, because it's, it's difficult to connect to someone as a person. They're like an avatar of, of yourself. And it's like a performance because it's like you're on a stage in front. Anything you say is in front of everyone on, on Twitter. And so if you say something and then someone disagrees, it's like you start having an argument and then you start to, the more people, the worse the argument gets, the more engagement it's going to get in terms of other people commenting, liking, retweeting, quote, retweeting, all of that. So it's like you score more points in the video game. Yeah. So it's just, it seems to be this actualization of, um, you know, the, the worse or more provocative, I guess, that we can be. On, on the uh, platform, the more points you score. And, and I think that's becoming bigger and bigger in, in our culture. I absolutely agree. And if anyone's watched Social Dilemma, and if you haven't on Netflix, please do, because these companies are businesses. They're also very clever and have sort of huge strategy meetings about how can we get um, people addicted mm. uh, to the site. And it is sort of that engagement people who don't even have an opinion on something will have an opinion on it if they see it trending on Twitter. Yeah, and yeah. and you're right, it's very fast paced. It's an egg avatar normally that you talk to because there's so many fake accounts. Yeah. Um, you know, and also it's very fast paced that actually when you log in, it's really sad the algorithms get the most liked or engaged with tweets, even if they're negative as one of the first things you see. So of course, if you're wanting attention or if you're wanting to get noticed, that's what you do. You engage with that. You put your opinion because you think everyone else is doing it. I need to get on the back of it. Mm. Um, certainly if, you're, um, if your attentions are to troll or, or not honorable. Mm. Uh, yeah, so, so you mentioned trolling. Like, so, what, why would someone just choose to be a troll? <sighs> it's probably long. I sigh because it's a longer uh, conversation than we've got time for. You know, uh, I used to collect trolls um, when I was a kid. You know, those uh, funny hair kind yeah, of yeah, my stuff. Sister used to have them, yeah. And now I seem to collect them on the internet. Um, so nothing's uh, really changed. And it's a bizarre word, isn't it, for someone who's bullying or harassing. Mm. And I think I, I've done a lot of work um, before Caroline and on documentaries about why people troll. 
And let's face it, first of all, happy people don't go around the internet leaving negative comments mm. or making other people feel bad about themselves. Mm. So you and I right now can see each other. If mm. I said to you, Kevin, I really don't like that hat of yours or you really ought to have a ha had a shave or whatever it might be, I can see your reaction instantly. <laughs> you look, for everyone listening, he looks fine. <laughs> but, <laughs> but if I was being negative and I wanted to annoy you or get some sort of reaction, from you, which I did, and mm. I saw the reaction, mm. and I immediately corrected so the listeners could know that actually you look great. <laughs> but but that was, proves a point, doesn't it? You know, if I typed it to you on the internet, I would have no idea whether you saw it. I would hope you saw it, and if you saw it, I would have no idea how you have taken it. But mm. if you haven't replied. I'm trying to get a reaction from you. I'm trying to get you to notice me. And it tends to happen with celebrities because we feel we know them. And with Caroline, you know, you will have seen the shock that mm. came from the minute her, uh, her death was announced. Yeah. You know, I myself didn't believe it. I was like, no, at one point she's going to correct these rumors. Mm. Um, and it almost was like that shock. But day before, there was negative headlines. And it's almost, we expect these celebrities to have abused negative headlines um, and be okay mm. about it or not respond. At the end of the day, they're human beings. And it's when something like what happened to Caroline happens, it's when people pay attention. And why people troll... I think it's to get attention yeah. and you know I've looked into trolling and I know that um, there was a police officer in Northern Ireland and it's an account that um, he would at the end of the day go to the shed in his garden and he would troll or leave really mean uh, comments online and it was a release he saw it as a release from a really difficult day at work his family and his wife and children didn't know about this other life he led on the internet and so there is a lot to be said about trolls and what help they need yeah. but I also think it's people do it to get attention and the worse the comments the more of a reaction and if the celebrity dares to retweet or share the messages it's almost like the reverse reaction oh you're bullying me because what then happens the fans of the celebrities and it's almost like I could get away with saying what I like to you because you're a celebrity but don't you dare do the same to me or put a mirror up to what actions I'm doing mm -hmm. and unless you call them out I don't think anything will change mm -hmm. yeah but then if you I suppose if you're calling them out then you're reacting to them which is sort of what they want it's, it's very difficult and i'm interested in, in that idea that that's a, that's a really good point about this this idea that, that people see that sort of celebrities in particular are a fair game um you know for, for this kind of thing and it, it's in social media and in normal media a lot and we'll, we'll get on to normal media at some point but like i i i've experienced exactly what what you were saying there someone had to go at me once and 
Why I replied, I don't know. But uh, in the moment, whatever happened to me, it got to me. The troll had got to me and I replied and sort of bit back. Um, and then, yeah, a few sort of fans of mine, you know, Strictly fans or, or whatever, started piling onto that person. You know, how dare you? Da, 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 da. And, and some of them were sort of fair, like, you know, don't speak to people like that. And some of them were just angry and just got nasty with that person calling out what they look like in their profile picture. Da, 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 da. And this big fight happened. And then that person sort of, you know, the, the, the troll says, oh, yeah, look, look, well, I don't have your following. Look at you, like sending in your army of followers to pile on me. And I'm like, well, I didn't, I didn't do any of that. I just, <laughs> you had to go at me and I bit back. That's all that happened as far as I'm concerned. But the, like, but that does happen. And then, yeah, there is this idea that, that you can't do that to them, but a celebrity is, is fair game. What, what do you think about the idea of them being fair game? Yeah, I think it's holding a mirror up to them. Um, and the way they see uh, celebrities as fair game is because you have this glamorous life. What could possibly be wrong with you? How could you possibly not handle this? You must be used to it. Or do you even see it? You know, because you get tons and tons of messages. There is, or is there people like me, management and publicists handling it? You know, it's sort of that. Um, let's go back to what you said on uh, replying to trolls. And when I say you call them out, I don't necessarily mean in that way although partly I think if it's a persistent troll there needs to be things to ways of addressing them but calling out with kindness you know uh, reminding people that it is bullying so there is that term on the internet don't feed the trolls yeah what that means is actually ignore them but too many times we've seen when you ignore the trolls they become a bigger beast than they were and actually, if everybody did it with kindness, and that's why on our website, we've got resources that just remind people it's unkindness. So a meme, if you're not comfortable in writing your own words, because it may make them think about it. But what it also does is kindness is infectious. So if I replied to a troll and said, please be kind and didn't, did it in a nicer way, somebody else would agree with that and think, oh, what a nice way of doing that. Mm. And then it have a ripple effect because we all want to be associated with being kind and nice. And actually on the back of that, it won't be persistent because it's almost, if you're defensive, and I know I've had fair amounts of arguments in real life if someone is defensive, I'm even more so. But actually if they meet me with kindness, I'm like, oh, okay, perhaps I need to rethink. It's human nature. So I think uh, calling it out with kindness. And on the other side, it's checking in on the person that's being trolled because how many people are doing that during the pandemic? And I've been guilty of not doing so. And just as unkindness can kill, kindness can save lives and you never know the impact of your words on somebody else. Mm -hmm. yeah that's 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 perfect the, the way to do it it's, it's funny um you're so right that someone made a comment on something on my instagram like a week or two ago and was being a slightly leery and sarcastic i don't think i don't think they're necessarily trolling but they're just you know and sometimes you'll post a nice quote or something on on instagram or you know something to think about and then 
they sort of almost dismissed it and was a bit sarcastic about it. And, and at first I was a bit, you know, the fact that they'd said it and I wanted to put them right. And then after that, I, I thought, no, I'm just going to expand on what I meant about that quote, just in case they misunderstood it. And, and I sort of went, yeah, I do. I do understand what you're saying. But um, I, I think the context was more this that, that I was sort of aiming towards with, with that quote. And then that person came back and went, oh, thanks for the reply. And we ended up having a nice little conversation and sort of <laughs> swapped a few ideas and like, and it, and it turned into something nice. And I think that that is a good way of dealing with it. Like the, the... But that could be that either he or she didn't expect you to reply. Yeah. So it's like, oh, what can I do to get a reply from this person? Um, or secondly, it was, okay, I was being a bit leery, but when you come out with kindness or co correcting me in a nice way, I've got nothing to come back to you on. Mm. How can I possibly carry on saying or being leery? It's, it's the way our brains are wired in terms of if we, if we get someone who's defensive, we respond in the same way. Just mm. like that can be something that spreads. And as you said on Twitter and uh, all those comments and you just see threads and threads of them. I like to think that we can one day, and you might think I'm a bit optimistic, but one day have threads of kindness spreading. Yeah. Um, and that's an, probably an idealistic view. But, but why not have that? Why not aim towards it? You know, we shouldn't just accept that this is how it is, that social media is going to be there and everyone's going to be nasty to each other on social media. And that's, that's just the way it is. And, and, that's, and, that, and that's how I feel, you know, when we, when we talk about that sort of celebrities being fair game thing, it's, it's such an interesting one for me. And I've, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, just in terms of um, people have said it to me before when sort of say, the, if someone's had a go at me on social media or if the press have had a go at me and, and I've sort of, said something back like what why why would you be so mean and da, 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 da. and someone will give me a comment and say you know look you, you you asked for this you asked to be in the public eye you've got to expect this and and the same with uh, i've seen with the you know megan markle with what's been happening recently i saw a comment yesterday on twitter because i again i'd commented on someone was having a real go at megan markle and and i'd say you know she just they've chosen to announce their baby on their own terms. There's really nothing wrong with that. And there's like, she can't have it both ways. And I thought, why not? <laughs> why can't <laughs> So what, why is this, like, you've obviously, it's your line of work in dealing with PR and, and celebrities. Where do you sit on that whole sort of exchange between media and social media and someone who's in the public eye? Yeah, I don't, I don't know why people think you can't have it both ways because it's almost like if somebody announces their birth or has a photo shoot in OK or Hello magazine of their baby, well, they should expect intrusion. But actually, you and I working behind the scenes and seeing the world of media, unlike the average person, will know has that happened so the paparazzi can't pocket from it? Have they done that deal because it's actually conveying their news in their own way before it's leaked? Mm. Um, 
And I absolutely think you can, you should be able to have it both ways because, look, it's unfair. How many times have there been headlines about you that have been so wildly inaccurate and slanderous and lies that you've never corrected? And, you know, these days, celebrities have a wider reach on their own platforms Mm. than newspapers are not are able to correct it that doesn't mean that because somebody doesn't correct a headline it's not the case mm-hmm. and it's almost the public just read something and know that oh it might not be true but why would the journalist write it if it isn't true and it's easier to think oh it was in this publication and in that website it must be because they're all regurgitated that one piece of yeah. news article that's how it's happened the client uh, the celebrity hasn't gone and given different interviews it's just been regurgitated from one uh, headline to another and it's almost the public think well if it's untrue you mo- you should sue you have to sue mm-hmm. let's talk about that because if the average person knew just how much media lawyers cost the court case and going up against, you know, big publishers and newspapers, it, you know, it's almost not worth it. But on the other side of it, and I've seen it with the phone hacking case that happened on the back of, you know, sort of you need the press on the other side. You know, you may have a book out, a perfume launch. You may have a TV show. We actually need the press in order to promote it. Mm. And you have to accept it, but it's not fair. But these days, if you've got a social media following, you can actually correct something that's untrue. And if your fans are really interested in it, they can see it. But I I think we're getting closer to um, following more the celebrities' social media accounts and going by that, then we are on these headlines that may be salacious and to mm. sell sell papers or being very clickbaity. Yeah, yeah, and I, I do I do get it. Like I I I get why they do it. Like say say news, newspapers and stuff. I, I'm like because it's it's the same it's the same thing. A fight on Twitter creates more engagement than just saying something reasonable and nice. So something that's a salacious headline, you know, is going to, people are going to click on it and, or, or people are going to buy that paper. So, so it's, you know, it, take me out of it. If, if, if someone, oh, all right, off the top of my head for my situation, it, it's, I have just left Strictly and I'm doing some different things. And at the moment we have a pandemic. It's, it makes a much better story to say, Kevin's career down the pan because, you know, he, he's lost everything because he thought he was bigger than the show and da, 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 you know, or all of this. Sort of none of it's true. But if they say, oh, Kevin's just waiting until the pandemic finishes to start his, his next musical. Boring. It's, yeah, it's, not, it's not exciting news. So I do, I do get why, I do get why they do it. And, and it's weird, like, so, so how, do, how do you combat that? Do, do you just treat those journalists with a bit of kindness, but then you know that they're going to do it again to, to someone else and, and take me out of it. It can, it can have real negative effects on. on Absolutely. People. Yeah, you're right. And also just going, touching on that headline, they know that Kevin's not going to come out and have a place where he 
corrects them you know mm. and that's that's also sad I think in terms of the celebrity is either taught or just accepts it because they think oh it's it'll be yesterday's chip paper mm. you, you know it's almost like oh they'll move on and you know I'm at, I'm getting better at addressing the journalists now um, and if I'm very honest it's post Caroline that mm. I'm getting better at saying no that wasn't true you know it wasn't mm. and the amount of times I've had um, whether it's a paparazzi or, or the journalists themselves said yeah but it's a headline you know mm. I it's just the headline the actual article says something different how many people see it to the end? Or I've even had, why let the truth get in the way of a good headline? Yeah. Did the media very much know your position as a celebrity, not you, Kevin, but or a celebrity's uh, position. And they, they know they can say it because actually tomorrow they'll need it. But I, and when I have addressed it on a serious note or threatened legal action, against there I've got an apology Hmm. but apology is probably at page 33 in a very small uh, paragraph saying oh that front page headline that we did Hmm. who sees it it's not searchable and when you actually search the articles there aren't that many times where the actual article has been deleted and it is very possible to delete articles very very easily and we saw that um the afternoon that Caroline passed away, those articles had got removed very easily. If it can happen once, it can keep happening. And I think the public need to be better educated the way the media work and how they work. And also um, for those of your listeners who are old enough to remember news of the world, Mm. where are they now? You know, and that was people power and the way they had their practices, it closed. And actually, we all have a voice. We all have a choice to click on certain columns and um, mm. sidebars, but we don't because it's addictive. Yeah. And people want to read about what someone else has got up to or whether it's to mark their cellulite. Or, and the stories aren't actually news. Mm. You know, they're taken out of context. And it's almost sort of if a, you know, so many times my clients have left a TV studio and they may have forgotten their wedding ring by the sink in the morning. But no, it's not the wedding rings forgotten or in their pocket. It's marriage doom. Marriage crisis. Yeah. You know. And and also because they're not smiling every single second of leaving the studio to getting home, the paparazzi probably have been following them for a minute, got about, you know, a couple of thousand photos, mm. most of them which they're smiling at, but there's a few odd that they're not. And it, it fits the headline because that person isn't wearing their wedding ring and it makes a good story and off it goes and ka Yeah. And that's how it works. And I think it's my role now, um, as much as it is to promote celebrities, it's the protection element that is even more so important. Mm. And if you look at it back in the day, uh, the likes of Max Clifford was very good at that. 
mm. both been the poacher and the gatekeeper. Mm. And I've had conversations with him when he would fiercely protect it. And, you know, there were times when people wouldn't go to Max Clifford because they knew that if he got wind of a story, it wouldn't happen. And right. I think things have changed since uh, that time. And the media is and will change. And oh, does it take a death of somebody to do it? And maybe, maybe. Um, and that's a sad state. Uh, but I think now it's for people to educate the way the media are. We almost know that what you read in the press isn't true, but when we read a press story ourselves, we believe it. Mm. It's still sort of exciting to read in, in a way. And, and then so maybe, yeah, we've got as much a part to play in it as they have, uh, the press, in terms of changing our relationship with it. Because if we, if we started buying or, or clicking on the stories that are lovely and kind pieces of journalism, then that's what they put more out there of, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so, so we, and, yeah. And also, if you did that, how many more celebrities will come forward and give you an interview? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, on the back of it is not just nice stories. Your readers might actually hear from the celebrities rather than a paparazzi shot that mm. doesn't reflect their real life. And mm. it's almost they read about their own lives in the press and think, oh, is that what's happening in my life? But I'm really happy. And, you know, the amount yeah. of times it's been a split or a marriage split and that story's been read when they're sat next to their spouse who they're supposed to have split with. It's crazy. And I think, you know, we all want to hear from the celebrities when we read it rather than um, mm. something that's been cooked up in a newsroom. Yeah, and, and, and that's why I think a lot of people's interviews get more and more generic. And you see it, especially like from footballers. Like, I almost don't watch the interviews now with footballers after a game because you know all the lines that they're going to say. But I, I don't blame them. They sort of have to um, because they know that they, the second they open up and be a bit more honest about something. Like if, 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 they, if someone asks them, um, you know, your team won you know you were you were three nil down at half time and then they brought you on and you scored four and you won the game for them single-handedly four three how do you feel the answer they're going to give is well it's not about me it's about the team you know it was a team effort we did this as a team together da, 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 da. probably inside he's thinking absolutely i came on and saved this team but if he says that then all of a sudden the press make it look like he's he thinks he's bigger than the team he you know blah, blah, how the rest of the team is so and, and Stace says this to me as well. She says it, it, she almost finds it sort of slightly, a slightly lazy approach from, from the journalist because if she said, if someone approaches her and, and is genuinely interested in a, a conversation about something from a place of kindness and interest, and she trusts that they're gonna report it in the same fashion, interested in the subject, um, she's far more likely to open up and speak honestly about something. But the second she thinks someone comes in with an agenda. The second she smells that with someone, she's just, they're gonna get generic answers. Like Absolutely. Generic. So it's gonna be a rubbish interview. But then it yeah. gets in a circle because then they can't find enough in it. So they'd be a bit more headliney and clickbaity to get some excitement out of it. So it just or, goes in a weird circle. 
yeah, or republish what they wrote uh, two years ago, you know, about, oh, this happened in their lives. And, you know, I'm, I'm very honest. I media train my clients mm. because I don't want them to fall at the hands of the journalists or not to be written in the way. And back in the day when we could um, have interviews face to face, I would be there mm. and I would interject um, if I needed to, because it's not about me, it's about the client. But I, I think that's a really sad state of affairs um, where it's got to and news isn't news anymore. Mm. Um, it's a business and what can we do to sell more? But mm. also what's happening behind the headlines? How is that impacting? Mm. Because it's easy for me to say, oh, it's tomorrow's chip paper. They'll move on to somebody else next. Well, actually, how damaging is that from a career point of view, mm. but also mental health and uh, when you're feeling low anyway. So I think there needs to be kindness within the press and maybe that's my next initiative. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, it's interesting having the conversation. I, I think we have, we've all got a role to play because I, I spoke to someone a while back who used to work at a certain publication um and they were there was it wasn't on a podcast or it wasn't in an interview situation we were just we were just talking we were at an event i think um it was maybe a year or two ago now um and and they used to work at this paper and they and they were say we were talking about how it can be so unkind and so and so nasty and you know and, and i was almost saying like what why would you do, were you aware of it when you're doing it or, and, and they and they said yeah yeah of course and we don't even really want to and we don't necessarily we don't enjoy it but we're under a lot of pressure working at these places to sell papers and to you know to, to keep it alive and to get people to click and and you know and we, we could be sacked if we don't and you know th those people are just trying to make a living so I've almost got slightly more sort of sympathy now than I used to have and somehow we've all got to work together the people that are putting you know journalists or on social media trolls you know and and us as consumers we we've got to change our consumer habits with it and that's what i'm saying if we just don't click on these things and, and and we engage more with the nice things it's like with things like um there's there's topics that we get riled up about on social media or that we've seen someone on a tv show say and then it carries on onto twitter and we get riled up about it that i sometimes think if it hadn't have been presented in this way would we care about it in the same way as like, we can get so riled up about things. Like the, it's astonishing to me that all the Meghan Markle stuff at the moment, it is astonishing to me that, that the amount of people I've seen get so angry about her sort of announcing that she's having a baby and she's gonna do an interview with Oprah. And they go, well, she said that she wanted to have more privacy and blah, blah, and they're so angry. And, and, I, and I feel like saying, why, why do you care? Why is this so important to you? Why are you so angry about it? And I, yeah. I feel the same about things like Brexit. I, I was like, before all the sort of stuff around Brexit that was getting everybody riled up and angry and yeah, we, uh, we need to do this because the, you know, this is happening in our country and bring back, a, like before it, that was sort of presented to us, I don't remember anyone having a conversation about it. Like I wasn't at dinner with friends and family and they were going, do you know what I've been thinking about is why we're still in the European Union. <laughs> like, no one was talking about it, but they they rile us up and we get so invested and so and and it happens like I feel like I've got a handle on it, but then I find myself doing it. I'll be on Twitter, someone will say something about 
Meghan Markle and I want to reply. And then before you know it, you're in an argument on Twitter. Yeah. And the thing is, I think it annoys a lot of people that Meghan isn't on social media because they can't do it directly to her. Yes. And she she did it best when she called social media users, just that users, just as uh, mm. drug users or cocaine users are called users. Mm. It's the adrenaline or, or the kind of addiction to social media we have. And, you know, you touched on it in terms of the press. We spoke about the algorithms on social media. The press have a certain algorithm mm. and they know exactly how to ev evoke emotions uh, within you, whether it's stories. Mm. And, you know, go back to that story. Had Megan had a baby very privately. How dare she not let us share in Harry's news or something and it's almost like we want to hate people that we feel that we either buy into one narrative of the media uh, you know so when the media have put out negative stories about Megan it's very easy to believe in in that and very easy to go with that narrative and say, oh, she must be evil. She's taken our prince away or whatever they say. But Megan will never comment. So you will never hear from her. And people almost think, well, if it's untrue, she will say it. Or, And we've always had that in history. Mm. We've always had people we sort of the most hated. And Megan's come out and said she was the most trolled person in 2019. <laughs> and she got a load of hate for that as well. Yeah. Yeah. The irony. Oh, you ask for it, it'll be all that kind of a response. And it definitely is. And you made the, you made the comment earlier, and, and it definitely does seem to be more aimed at women than men. That, that Obviously, there's men as well. But like, in general, I bet if you took all the, if someone was able to get all the stats, I'm sure it would be massively aimed at women more than men. Absolutely. And I was on Radio 5 Live talking about it. It's almost like their car crash. And we want to read about it. And it's used as car crash, you know. And it's also, um, if you compare it, and I'm not naming any names, but if you sort of look at, in this instance, we're talking about Caroline. But if you look at Caroline's counterpart in the media for doing or alleged to have done something that is uh, negative in the press or sort of career failing, they've got their careers back. And I know we never got to see what happened uh, with Caroline, but it's looking, look in history books. You don't have to go back too long. Look at the way uh, Britney Spears is being treated at the moment in the documentary and her and other people. And it is worse. And even, even when there's articles in that, if I compare it with my female clients against my male clients, it's almost like, how old is she? Why? Because her age is going to be mentioned. But if it's a man, his age is never mentioned in the article. And it's almost those subtle things. It must be that their age. What's their age got to do with anything? Mm. I, I do think it's worse for women. Yeah. I, I, um, I, I talked about it a lot on the last season of Strictly on, on the podcast because I've, I've seen it in people's attitudes to women that come on Strictly compared to men coming on Strictly, for example. Um, you know, if, uh, if, if there's a guy comes on 
on Strictly and they're a brilliant dancer from week one. You know, you, there's always a mix on, celeb, on, on Strictly of how capable the celebs are. Some of them struggle, some of them are funny, some of them are brilliant right from the start. If there's a, if there's a guy comes on week one and they're brilliant week one and everyone goes, oh my God, and they come out with this sass and confidence and unbutton their shirt and they've got abs and they start shimmying like that to the camera. It's like everyone goes, oh, he's so great. Like, oh my God, did you see so-and-so dancing on Strictly? And like everyone votes for them. You know, it's not just press, it's, you know, people with their social media commenting and they'll vote for them. You know, it's, it's everyone. And then if a, if a girl does the same thing, brilliant, week one, lots of confidence, lots of sass, knows that she's, you know, or feels good in herself, you know, they get such a lot of hate for it. Like you're not How allowed dare to- she? How dare she? Yeah. She must have had dance lessons. Yeah. Or uh, yeah. how dare she think she's confident? Does she not know her place? Hmm. And it's almost like the male being a hero and actually hmm. the women can't. They need to be composed and it's quiet, shy, meek uh, versions. And it's the hero that lives. I think we get it in all sorts of areas and it needs to it absolutely needs to change because it's destroying lives. And look, we've got a new generation now looking up to the way we deal with social media and the media. And we need to show them there is a different way. Mm. And I wonder how long the types of press and certainly tabloid press will last if they continue this way, because if social media grows, we won't need the press because we get all our news from Instagram stories or um, the celebrity themselves. Mm. And it needs to change. And I am passionate about working with the press and can mm. we instill kindness? So it doesn't need to be a badge for um, responsible press almost, you know, uh, that this news outlet cover stories with kindness so you know that if you're buying a certain paper that you know which one to buy because it's got that approved seal of approval yeah, if you like. yeah, yeah. but they you know what they like they're massive publishing houses and they've got their businesses and they've got advertisers yeah uh, supporting so in actual fact who cares whether we have this uh, this uh, stamp of approval that's mm. kindness that may has decided we need. And mm. actually the best vote will be don't click on them, don't buy them. Mm. Do you think we, we sort of touched on this conversation in, in the clubhouse room? Um, what's your opinion on, because we, we've seen with, with Twitter recently, with, um, with the whole Donald Trump thing, um, that it got to the point where Twitter said, we're not going to allow this kind of behavior or, or we're not going to let you say these things on our platform. Um, you know, and, and there's an argument to do with freedom of speech and it's a really difficult one because freedom of speech is important, but also you can't, you can't obviously they've seen with Donald Trump, that the opinion of Twitter is you can't say things that are going to incite violence and we do have rules around that we you know if there's hate speech you know by someone that we would perceive to be a a terrorist threat there would be laws against that kind of hate speech so it's not total free speech anyway you you know he's not allowed to just go and do that thing and and it's interesting that 
some social media platforms have started to regulate things here and now. I'm starting to hear about Facebook and Australia, something that's happening there. Like they're starting to regulate what you what they will let allow you to say. You know, is there an argument to be made about some sort of regulation with the press? Because they do, as, as, as we know, and, and like, it's difficult. I'm trying to sort of articulate it in the right way. We, we do understand their role and we do understand why it goes in this direction. It's also because of our consuming habits. It's not just that they've had a, a meeting and said, let's be really horrible to everyone today. You know, it's, it's to do with our consuming habits uh, as well. But, but that leads sometimes to lies and things that are not true in, in the press. And it can be really damaging as we've seen. Is there an argument to, you know, it took Capitol Hill for Twitter to say, we're gonna regulate this now. We've seen deaths happen with, with people, you know, um, directly or indirectly, may, you know, maybe there was a role to play there in terms of press. Is there an argument to do that some kind of regulation might be needed? I think absolutely, but look at News of the World. Yeah. It happened to News of the World, they closed down. You didn't think they would because of mm. how powerful they were and the journalists that worked there, what happened? They just moved on to the next paper. Mm. And actually we thought we got rid of News of the World. No other paper surely could be that, that bad. And it's almost like, let's take it back for a minute with the Be Kind movement yeah. that came out of Caroline's post and mm. actually, how long did that last until Boris Johnson was admitted in hospital and everyone wishing him dead? Yeah. You know, and then it's like, oh, where's this be kind movement? Mm. And it's almost like we got rid of news of the world. That's fine. We've got rid of the bad people. But actually, it wasn't the actual physical paper itself that were the reasons. It were the people. It's people that make the paper. And what happened to the paper, uh, the people in the paper? they moved on to other papers. They're still working in the industry. Mm. And actually, do we have short memories like we did with Be Kind hashtag when it comes to the press? Oh, we got rid of news of the world. Other papers are existing, but they're not as bad as them because they're not doing phone hacking. Mm. And it's almost that's the top level, mm. you know, almost like uh, the racism, the homophobic comments and the hate speech we'll get rid of those. Well, what about the other things um, that aren't being treated on social media? So there's different layers of trolling and hate online. And I think there needs to be a body of regulation that actually, rather than just having one ounce of a story be accurate and you build upon it, make it so that it's a higher percentage or at least consult with a celebrity or their representatives before it gets put out rather than comment afterwards. And there needs to be some sort of regulation because I worry how many more lives will need to be taken for this to happen. And that's why I start a social media kindness day mm. and we're seeing it in the press even more so that I think the next, move will need to be pressed because if we can show them that we want a kinder press or more responsible press indeed yeah then actually they will get more sales and that's what it all comes down to because you and I both have similar conversations with people who work in the press it's almost like 
well, this other paper is doing it. My editor's telling me I need to be this certain way because it sells. And if I don't print it, someone else does, and we might as well get a hit or, yeah, yeah. or, or, or the circulations. So um, one day, perhaps. Mm -hmm. the, but like we've been saying, the whole thing has, has to change, as in that, yeah, there needs to be, they need to be more responsible in how they report things and, and show a bit more responsibility to, to kindness and also us as consumers we've got to change our culture of how we enjoy consuming it because it's, it's become like entertainment hasn't it it's, it's, yeah. it's an entertaining thing to it oh even if it's just that like the clickbaits you see a headline this person said you said this about that person and you've just watched that show the night before and you're like oh what what do you say and it'll be something completely out of context and it's not reported accurately but it's exciting and entertaining to read and then you've read it and then you'll talk about it in the pub and then someone will say something on Twitter and then suddenly everyone's arguing about it and, and there's loads of engagement and sales and clickbait and then it all makes money. So it's, yeah. it's that whole culture that has to... And maybe what we need is at the end of the article, we may need just a line that's an approved line, a bit like an advertorial um, mm. for those of uh, your listeners who don't know what an advertorial is, it's an article that's been paid for um, yeah. and it's clearly marked in certain mm -hmm. publications as an advertorial. So the people are known, and a bit like social media now, if you're, if it's an ad, you have to hashtag it with an ad um, that's governed. And actually, do we need this article ha has been published with, the source or the celebrity or their representative approving it mm. you know once there is that approval yeah, when it yeah. then gets shared it's like oh well that's not true that's not accurate because look it hasn't got that yeah but at the end that it's mm. been approved by them because it is an addiction scrolling through some people's sidebars and I've had I've been in offices where I've had discussions and I've seen people scrolling and I'm like, why are you doing that? You know, it's not true. You know, it's just regurgitated from their Instagram accounts or photos. Oh, I know, but I just like to um, kill time or, or the, the kind of office culture. But it's like, no, actually, it's more. Uh, why do we come home from work and spend four hours watching other people's lives than working on self-improvement? It's because it's easier nicer and uh, and a distraction as well which we all need yeah it's like that that uh, bit at the bottom of, of the twitter post sometimes isn't it like we saw with the us election they had a little bar that was i can't remember exactly but it said like this false news basically yeah, false, yeah it's not factually correct or you know whatever it was it hasn't been fact checked or, or whatever you get it on instagram and facebook and actually you know that's not very difficult to do mm. and if you get that on articles across the board you know which ones are written responsibly and actually we may want to support as consumers those articles because you thank the journalist has taken the time to mm. go that extra length the amount of times I only know about an article after it's been published is shocking and it's like well we may have given you an alternative that would have made probably a better story than the ones you printed yeah. and it's almost yeah. like oh you won't do that so we'll print it anyway because yeah. we know you're not going to sue and uh, your client's got a book launch coming uh, you know in two months time and they'll need us for that. Mm. yeah and we can get there I, I 
I feel optimistic speaking to you. I feel, I feel like we could, we can get there all working together. Like I say, I don't, I can't, I can't sit here and believe that all sort of journalists that work for certain publications are all bad people, that they really want to hurt people and they really want no. to horrible to people. It's just the culture and the nature of, of, of how it all works and how it makes money. They're and, under the banner of their newspaper rather than individuals in the press because you yeah. know we've we've openly said both of us have had those conversations with members of those press mm. and we know it's just as the paparazzi make photo make a living out of selling photos yeah. to the press and mm. so, you know how many times and there's been a fair few many times that clients got involved in that deal because it's going to happen anyway why not take a cut from this paparazzi process. Same with the journalists. I think it's, they're working under the banner, just as, you know, um, not not, uh, in the same way, but if you're working for an employer that asks you to do something that you don't really like doing, Mm. but you know it's in the job description, Mm. you do it because you need the job and you want to keep it. And if not, there's plenty of other people wanting that position. Mm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and by, and by the same token, like that we spoke about trolls, like I can't believe that there are people that are securing themselves and happy in their lives that have just thought, right, today I'm going to really hurt someone. Like there, there must be, you know, they're either trying to get engagement and following and that kind of thing, because that seems to be a, a currency now. Um, or there's some deep sort of insecurity in, in themselves that they have to they have to have a go at, at someone else. I always say like me, me as a dancer, if I'm, uh, if I'm gonna go to like a Sunday competition where there's a lot of beginner dancers that, that just started out in, in the last few months and they're just learning, like I, I wouldn't go there and start pointing out how bad they are because I, I've got no need to do that. I'm perfectly secure in myself as a dancer, but if, 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 if I want a, a job, a, a certain, you know, dancing role in a show and everyone is pointing towards this one guy and, and I know it's probably going to be me or this guy that's going to get the job and everyone's looking at that guy going, he's amazing, he's amazing. I'm probably more likely to find something wrong in that guy because it'll flare up an insecurity. Exactly the same. And this is what I say, you know, take a typical troll, you know, uh, first of all, how many of them are real? And if they are, what have they been doing? They wake up in the morning to go to a job. Not everybody, this is generalisation, may I add. Uh, They go and do a job that they don't really want to do, but it pays the bills or barely pays the bills. And they spend eight, nine hours uh, working towards someone else's lives, you, you know, the employers or the boss. They come home, they spend four or five hours a night watching TV, so watching somebody else's lives or just totally getting escapism. They grab their phones and they see these amazing filtered lives of people that come into their living rooms that evening who they've watched and who they adore. But actually, why are you doing that and why am I not? Rather than spending that four or five hours after work watching other people's lives, what are you doing to improve your own life? And not necessarily be a celebrity, but actually we all have goals and um, how many of us are living or working towards that? And we kind of think it's not for us. And we go online and um, 
I've seen it so many times when I've been out in an evening and I've seen someone's not really had a great night. But the next day I go on to social media or Facebook and I think, oh, you know, I see a photo, a selfie, one of them that's smiling and say, best night ever. I'm like, but you weren't having the hashtag best night ever. And actually we all, and I've said this before, I hope your lives are as happy as you make out on Facebook that they are because we all have this projection. We want to have these perfect lives. And the amount of people I've met uh, through social media in real life and Instagram, they don't look like themselves because Mm -hmm. the Facetune app has, they've got carried away that it's to the point that, They've actually got a separate persona on their Instagram. And when I see them, it's almost physically like, wow, okay, that's you. I didn't recognize you. And if you spend so long in that amount of time creating this perfect image, it's not going to do well for your mental health, but also how do you then portray your presence online? Is it hating thinking, I've spent all this time making these beautiful uh, pictures and you know with great lighting and everything and got nowhere Mm. and actually this person it's easy for them it's you know (laughs) overnight success regardless of whether it's taken 10 years to get Mm. to that overnight success and we always think as humans it's easier the grass is always greener on the other side it's Mm. easy for them they've got management publicists other people looking after them and I want a piece of that. And when it's at the end of your fingertips and easy to scroll down and double tap to like, it's just as easy to say, notice me, I'm here. It's my cry for help. I need to improve my life. I don't know how, but we don't know. And is it a society thing that we, we're not comfortable with saying those darker sides to our lives and say help I don't know what to do I'm feeling this way but it's easier to project that to other people and that thought pattern doesn't actually happen the person trolling doesn't actually go through that process it's just I write that forget about it and then do the same again day in day out because one day someone might notice me yeah do you think um any there's any particular social media platforms that are maybe getting it right, like getting it more right than others or? Oh, Clubhouse for sure. But maybe that's because uh, it's very new. I'm not big on social media. I don't really post. I'm probably getting better. And that's a side effect of Clubhouse because, you know, um, whereas before I would post or my team would post on behalf of a celebrity, you can't do that. You can't fake um, a celebrity's voice because yeah. people recognize it. And actually, we all, whether a celebrity or not, have to show up as ourselves. Mm. And it does make me wonder if I'm saying this because at the time of us talking now, there's about six million people on there. Mm. If it grows, are we going to see something else? But it's also made uh, connections happen a lot quicker. And that is why we're all on social media. It's for that connection. Mm. And I've seen it be a great tool um, for getting your message out, but also using the power of voice because it almost humanizes 
the images and you take longer and you spend longer on the app and and we all connect through stories don't we and uh, you and I have shared stories and that's how connections are made Mm -hmm. we loved stories when we were younger well it's just the same in adults in terms of who we connect to and actually I've seen so many times uh, the connections I've made on Clubhouse I've only been there a month but the connections I've made offline whether it's on calls or Zoom so I think we're all going to have a big party when lockdown's over the clubhouse party because we're all getting on so well uh, on the app and it's nice to reconnect with people you haven't um, spoken to before as well as new connections as well. It's going to be interesting isn't it because I'm enjoying clubhouse as well I, I think it's a really nice space at the moment it's going to be interesting when there's more people on and when it gets to the stage where people realize how they can monetize it i think you know when once they start monetizing rooms like if that sort of thing starts to happen because then people will realize that they can monetize more when they have bigger followings and as we've discussed what creates bigger engagement and bigger followings is arguments and you know riling people up and big you know big debates and discussions and like that kind of thing so I hope that it doesn't go down that road yeah um we're already seeing that I've been approached by somebody who's got their accounts suspended um oh. on the back of bullying and he's grown a following online on clubhouse he didn't have a following before but as an early adopter He's, he's grown massively and he's had his account taken off and we're trying to work behind the scenes on getting his account back. And it's been horrendous to see that this is a person who hasn't been media trained, but actually rose to clubhouse fame and has had the recognition that a celebrity would in the press, yeah. minus the training. And when I'm speaking to him, I didn't know who he was until, you know, he's been uh, someone recommended that we speak. And it's it's very interesting. And we're going to see more of that. And what is the app doing? Because so far, the app is saying we have zero tolerance of trolling. If somebody knows that, how much is the trolling actually trolling? I I mean, I don't know if you were there, but um, in the clubhouse room, we had JT Fox that came into uh, my room and I had a... I think I left just at that point as he was coming in. I had to go, yeah. Bad move, Kevin, because it was really interesting how he spoke about his experience Mm. of being suspended of the account and also cancel culture. And, Mm. you know, he said this publicly in the the room. So um, just to reiterate, I only came across him on the app, but uh, a few weeks ago when he got his account back, I said to him, the way he operated his rooms, I was unfamiliar with it, but it seemed like um, a TV show. And I said, with my background in the media, those TV shows are heavily edited. They have a duty of care. So they have psychologists or people or the production team around them to make sure the participants are okay and it's almost like he was using his platform like a tv show because what he is is he's a very clever businessman and he knows actually to get more people in the room 
you need to operate it in a certain way. And he said that, you know, those comments made him think about how he was working Clubhouse or his rooms, which was really nice to hear as someone who's an advocate on, of social media kindness. Mm -hmm. But at the same token, if you go into his rooms and you're familiar with it, why do people keep going into it and then complaining about it? So there's another argument mm -hmm. as well um, there. So he was very um, open about his view of the cancel culture, which mm -hmm. we're seeing more so um online and a couple of examples that I pointed there of Clubhouse and that's with six million people on it. What happens when Android users come out or it opens up in March to the world yeah. and who's controlling it? At the moment there is a small team. And this is why I'm trying to get social media companies to be a bit more responsible because uh, I don't know if you have a PayPal account, but having a a PayPal account, they know every detail about me. They have my bank account linked. They know my name. Uh, I'm verified. Actually, that is a very easy process to do. When I'm on social media, nobody knows who I am and I can be anything. You know, I'm Mayor because I've told you my name's Mayor, but, it, you know, it could be anything. And actually, we could all have this different personas, but if you're using social media for a negative gain mm. and we've seen that with trolling how responsible is it not to be able to identify somebody who's trolling which is illegal and you know getting death threats and also I think uh, police uh, departments need to be a bit more trained yeah. on it as well and how do you react because if social media companies have got all these messages and the report function going crazy, the next best thing to do is contact the police for it. And if they haven't got the resources to track their IP addresses or even take action, um, it, it's a free for all. And I think as soon as people start realizing that there are consequences to our presence online, uh, we'll do it less. But I think I truly, truly believe Clubhouse will have less negativity because the reason why other platforms have it's because we type it's a keyboard warrior we type and actually how many of us will say it to somebody's uh, via voice mm. because we hear the hurt in their voice and we talk to people on social media like we would never talk to them in person yeah for sure i think i think people like you that are able to give the the training and are going to become more and more important because it's, it's, it's not just sort of um, celebrities that are on TV anymore. Like, like you, you said, you can gain such a big following on social media platforms. There's two different kinds of celebrities now, isn't there? There's celebrities that sort of you see on TV and there's social media celebrities. Yeah. Um, so I, I work a lot with Rob Moore, um, who you'll have seen in a lot of, you know, sort of moderating a lot of the rooms in Clubhouse and he uh like he's sort of a mentor to me in, in business and things and he's like you wouldn't if, if he was on tv you wouldn't necessarily straight away know who he was but going clubhouse like everyone knows who rob moore is everyone um he's got a huge following or even like youtube stars you know people like before he came on strictly 
people didn't know who Joe Sugg was so much, but like he was yeah. huge on YouTube, like, um, you know, massive. There's different kinds of people. And I think people can become famous in, in whatever zone, online or, or offline, very quickly now. You know, people have become massively famous on TikTok overnight and yes. might not know how to deal with everything that comes with it. I think people like like you that can train them are going to be more and more important. Yeah, and it's fascinating to see that change because I've been in the game and I do call it a game for, mm. uh, for a reason. I've been in the media um, for a number of years and when I first got into it, it was Twitter. I had Twitter. That was the only, apart from Facebook, I had uh, Twitter and I used to have young girls be, uh, messaging me because uh, clients would put my handle I don't think it's so much of a thing now, but my handle as their PR contact. Uh, so they would follow me purely because they must have thought I would be dishing the dirt on my clients or something. And they would uh, message me saying, how do I get famous? And I would say, what for? Oh, I'll do anything. I'll do anything. Or it was almost like... Um, if I told you this footballer was going to be in this club and I contact you on Monday with a story, how much can I get paid? Can you help me sell it? And it was like, oh my goodness, have you actually said that? But it was what was fame back then, we're talking a few years back, it was kind of, they looked at wags and with the boyfriend on their shoulder with a handbag and they were actually willing to sell their souls for the price of a handbag. Uh, and now, actually, where what does everyone want to be? An Instagram model or, you know, Instagram famous. And when, when you see sort of Clubhouse now, um, even now, I'm, I'm sort of uncomfortable to an extent with the growing I've had on Clubhouse that I've had it in no other format that I've just had people messaging me, telling me how great it is. And it's like, no, it's not all social media kindness. It's not about me, it's about the day. But it's almost that I know how to handle it. it you know, it's not getting to my head, but it's very easy to do by portraying your message when you see how people respond to that and almost, I almost prefer that because if you're doing good in the world, other people will support that good. And I can't spread the social media kindness day message on my own. So if I've got an army of kind people mm. or the kindness army, that works better because actually I'm very much behind the scenes mm. and I'm happy to be behind the scenes. But if it was someone seeing that and thinking, how can I monetize this or, mm. or, or extend it to a different platform. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's interesting to go. So seeing uh, people wanting, it's that recognition they want. And I think I said it to you in the clubhouse room I hosted. Um, we, we're not taught how to handle it, but not only we're not taught, we're not designed or wired to handle the adoration we get from thousands of people and this is when people come into fame you know if they leave love island and suddenly they're they're nobody before loved island they've had their phones taken off them they've been put in this house and actually a few weeks later they go out and there's almost like there's a world and the world they knew is not recognizable because it's full of flashing cameras and not only physically does it hurt the eyes it's almost like 
you're living from hotel room to hotel room and everyone loving you and telling you how great you are. And what does that do to a young person? Because that's what the participants of Love Island are. They're young people. So although there is um, the test with the psychologist, how much of it is about media training? And even when it is the media training, how easy is it from somebody who has had no following to be even able to imagine what goes through that or what that might feel or mean? And it only portrays that exciting handbag, shoes, parties, and this glamorous life. Well, actually, there's a dark side. And I've written a blog on this for a friend of how I wouldn't wish that type of fame to my best friend or my worst enemy because nobody tells you about the rubbish bins that get raided or you know the um, friend that you never even knew suddenly selling a story on you and you think I don't know this person um, you know everybody wants a piece of you and how much are you a person then a commodity then and what happens when that type type of fame only lasts a certain life but you know I my I started working um with the apprentice candidates when I went back when it was a business show rather than a reality tv show and you know I would have a lot of uh, the lads mags um saying to the female uh, candidates I looked after can we do a photo shoot? And it's almost like, because that would sell and the money was attractive. And it's almost like, oh, I've never seen that sum of money. Or if I have, I have to do, you know, a year or two's work before I get that. And everything is so accessible, but how long, and my job is, I say um, to my clients, I can make your 15 minutes of fame last longer only if you listen to me. So my job is to tell you not to do those lad magazines and go with other. And it's having responsible people around you that look after you and have your best interests at heart. Mm. Um, and they can defend you as well as promote you when needed. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. It's going to be it's such an important role now, now more than ever. So I mean, we've, been, we've been talking for like nearly an hour and a half, I think. But like... Um, Tell, tell me about uh, Social Media Kindness Day, what you want to see from it, how we can get involved. I like the idea of a kindness army. I want to be in the kindness army. Yeah, let's start a kindness army. <laughs> uh, we both confront it, uh, Kevin. Yeah, it's on the 9th of November every day, uh, every year, sorry. Uh, I would say it's becoming more f- prevalent since last November that I need to create a foundation or charity around it because one day is great, but it's not enough. So what I'm trying to do, I've had some important figures reach out to me and pay attention um, since last uh, November. So on our website, which is socialmediakindnessday.com, I would love people to pledge their support. And when I say support, I'm not looking for money. I'm not going to enter you in any funnels. Just give verify that you're able to play your part in making social media a kinder place for all and I think the pe- reason people aren't signing it at the moment is oh it's not for me I'm kind anyway <laughs> I need you to sign it because I need people power behind it so 
sign that. And there's loads of resources on the website in terms of uh, ethics online, how to behave online. So if you need those pointing out or it's useful to pass on, please make use of it. And also those memes I spoke about in terms of what to say when someone's unkind to you, but also when you want to reach out. And I've had so many lovely DMs from people who have been sent those messages and they looked into why they were sent it. Mm. And look, we have Pancake Day, we have Nutella Day, Teddy Bear Day. Why didn't it, Social Media Kindness Day not exist when we're all operating on it, whether for business or socially? So it will become a movement and we're starting with a kindness army, aren't we, Kevin? Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. I want to be in the kindness army. <laughs> yeah. Um, before we finish, is there anything that I perhaps haven't asked you or anything that you'd like to say around kindness, social media or, or Caroline and, and the, the legacy that she leaves? Or Yeah, just help me spread the social media kindness day because it is for Caroline and it existed because of this ball of energy and light and amazingness she was. And if her death shocked you like it did for most of the UK please please spread it you never know when it may be you or your loved ones that may need it because we are all increasingly increasingly using social media um, and we can all make a difference none of us are too small to impact another life and that's what it comes down to saving lives and if Caroline can save other lives then this is more than worth it perfect beautifully put maya thank you so much for coming on the podcast thank you